On this Easter Sunday morning, this Resurrection Sunday, I want to tell somebody he's no longer in the tomb, but he has risen. He is alive and well today. His name is Jesus, and he is worthy. For a few moments, I want to speak just on this topic. Very simple. He rose. He rose. Are you thankful that he rose? One more time before we get into the word. If you're thankful for that, will you put your hands together and give God praise and thank him that he's not in a tomb anymore? But he's alive and he is well in this place today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and just tell him he rose. You may be seated. I think we might need to do that song again at the end. I think that's my new favorite song right there. And y'all started saying, hell lost another one. Something that just got excited to think about that. To think that hell, hell is striving for your soul. I want everybody to hear this this morning. Hell is striving for your soul. That the, the enemy is seeking whom he may devour. He's wanting to take your soul to hell with him. But I want you to know that this morning that there is a God who loved you so much that he gave you a way out. And that's why he rose. He had to. Amen. I want us to look at Genesis 3. Verses 2 and through 4, it says, And the woman said unto the serpent, That we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. I know that's what God said, but I'm telling you that you're going to be fine. You're going to be all right. You see, death is not something that we all like to think about or to accept. I think most individuals try to avoid the, the conversation, and it's just one of those, those, those topics that you really don't like to sit around and just talk about death. If you do, you're interesting. Not everybody likes to sit around and talk about it. We like to talk about life. Because life's good. I like to talk about life. You see, we don't like to admit it. I don't know what happened. Y'all can really hear me out there because I can hear myself out there. Amen. We don't like to admit it, but we all know that there is a time for everyone, including everyone in this room. You see, before the first woman ever gave birth to a baby, she birthed death into the world through her sin of disobedience to God. She was disobedient. She did not hear what God had to say. That Well, she had heard him, but she disobeyed what God had to say. As if he didn't say it because she had given her ear to the serpent. You see, some parents in here know exactly what I'm talking about. You tell your child, whatever you do in this store, do not touch that. 
you know, talking about you walking to that store that has way too much glass. And you're second guessing even taking your kids in there. You're like, why am I here? Why did I even put myself in this situation? I'm going to end up buying half the store when they break it. And you tell them, don't touch that. And there's just something in kids sometimes that says, don't touch that. There's a little bit of a Dennis the Menace in everybody. Some others. Some have more than others. But we all did it. We were all guilty of it. That there was that disobedience, that, that, that they're, they're touching it two seconds later after you tell them not to. You know, I think as parents, we should try to reverse, some, reverse psychology on them sometimes. And I wonder what would happen if we would say to them, you better not clean your room today. Don't you let me catch you in there cleaning your room. Don't you do it. Boy, I better not see you picking up all your toys in the yard. Don't you do it. If, if I see you. Hey, put that broom down. What do you think you're doing sweeping the floors? How dare you? What would happen? Maybe I should say, I better not see any of you back here next Sunday. <laughs> Had to. As parents, it seems like there are times that they do what you tell them not to do. And they don't do what you tell them to do. Amen. Parents, can I get an amen? amen? You see, we have to understand this, though. Sin was birthed through disobedience. It wasn't in the original plan that God had for Adam and Eve. You see, God gave them life. God gave them the perfect place, the perfect plan. He had given them life. He gave them the tree of life. He gave them everything that they could ever want or dream of. And he told them that there's only one thing that I ask of you. Don't touch this one tree. Genesis 2.17 says, For God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. I mean, I don't know about you, if somebody told me, if you touch that, you're going to die. I'm probably not going to touch it. It would take somebody pretty slick to convince me to go touch something that somebody told me don't touch or you're going to die. Well, we know they touched the tree. They, took, they partook of the tree, but did they die? No, they did not die. Not a physical death in that moment, but they began to die physically but they did not die instantly. You see, God had given them life. Death was not in the plan, but disobedience brought death into the plan. But spiritually, something in them began to die when obedience unlocked the door of sin in their lives. You say, well, how is that sin? They were disobedient to God's word. I think we label sin sometimes of what we think sin is, but God says whatever goes against my word in my eyes is sin. When we begin to disobey the Lord, we find ourselves in a sinful state. You see, not only did they open the door to death, but it opened the door to sin in the earth. It opened the door of sickness. It opened the door of disease. It opened the door of pain. It opened the door of depression and anxiety. It opened the door of division. One act of disobedience opened the door to everything not of God. We need to understand that Adam had all authority 
on the earth. When God created him, he gave him authority over the earth. In Genesis 2, 15 through 19, it says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And the Lord said, It is not good that man should be alone. He said, I will make him or make and help meet for him. And out of the ground the Lord formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever ever Adam called them, every living creature, that was the name thereof. He gave him authority. He had authority. So it might be safe to say that when Adam sinned, when Adam sinned, by taking the fruit that Eve had brought to him, he could have said no. He could have operated in the authority that he was given, and he could have said no. We were told not to do this, but he took of the fruit himself, and when he sinned, I think it's safe to say that Satan was given dominion over Adam and all the earth. Therefore, the keys and the authority that Adam once held in his hand was given unto Satan in a transfer of power. When he forsook his power and authority by giving in to the temptation of sin. Thereby Satan in that exact moment now had the keys and the power of death and authority in the earth and of hell. But the good news is, is that's not where the story stops. You see, God knew what was taking place while it was taking place. God's plan was already in motion because he is not limited to time. But God knew exactly what needed to take place in order for us to sit here today and to sing the song, I am free, I am free. He knew that there was going to come a time we could sing a song that hell lost another one. He knew that we were going to be able to stand here and worship and say, I have hope and I have peace and I have grace and I have mercy and I have salvation in him. He knew that was coming. You see, Romans 6, 1 through 11 says, What shall we say then? Are, are we to continue in sin that, that grace may abound? No, by no means. How can we who died in sin still live in it? How? Do you know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into de his, his death? That we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism and death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, that we might too walk in newness of life. That's what we were singing about. Get up out of that grave. He got out of the grave, therefore you don't have to live in one. I'm talking about the, the grave that sin holds you in. You don't have to live there. He says, for, for if we have been united with him in death like this, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. That we know that our, our, our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. So that we no longer would be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. That we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. 
For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. He said, when you are born again of the water and of the Spirit, you no longer associate yourself with your old ways of life. You see, sin and death no longer have dominion or authority over you when you begin to experience this great message, this gospel message that I'm be preaching today to you. That you don't have to keep living that life. It does not have dominion and authority over you. You say, well, I just keep doing it over and over and over. It just, it, it makes me do. You've, you've heard this say that, well, just Satan made me do it. The devil made me do it. When you begin to experience the new life in Christ and you commit your life unto him and you begin to experience the gospel message of salvation and you apply it to your life, he no longer has power and dominion and authority over you. It no longer has dominion over you. You say, why? Why is it? Because we identify with Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. You say, well, how, Pastor? How do, how do we identify with him? Through repentance. What is repentance? I've talked about this so much the last couple of weeks. Repentance is so much more than just saying, oh, Lord, I'm sorry for what I did. Please forgive me. And then we walk right back into what we used to do. But repentance is to say, God, I'm sorry, Lord. I, I, I have been disobedient to your word, and I should not have done this. God, I am doing wrong. I'm living, I'm living a life that's not pleasing unto you. And true repentance is, I'm sorry, forgive me, and I'm going to turn away from this, and I'm going to start walking towards you. See, a lot of times we, 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 we live this life that we're, we're pulled between, we're holding on to who we used to be when we're trying to get to God and we're being stretched in the middle. You've just got to release who you are and true repentance allows you to release the life that is not pleasing unto him and you turn around and you make an about face and begin to walk to him. That's repentance. It's repentance. And then baptism in Jesus' name. To be baptized. The water today is ready. The water is warm. To be baptized in his name. You say, why in his name? Because no other name has the power to remove the sin in our life. It is in the name of Jesus that our sins are washed away. And in the infilling of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, his spirit within us. You see, the word of God tells us this, that when we, when we, we operate in these things into the gospel, we allow the gospel to take place in our life, that we become a new man. You don't think the way you used to think. Things change within you. You have a new identity with Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone, anyone, say, that's me. Look at your neighbor and say, that's you. If anyone, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter the life you lived, does not matter. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. But behold, the new has come. So anyone can fall into this. Anyone can be a part of this. I want us to, to understand something on this Easter Sunday morning, uh, that everyone in this room has sinned and everyone needs salvation. Everybody. Everybody. 
Just because I'm a pastor, just because I'm a minister, doesn't mean I get some, uh, I get some card to bypass all of that. I need it myself. We were all born sinners, but we're thanking God today for salvation. Salvation only comes by grace through faith based on the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You understand this had to happen. The cross had to take place. And he understood and he knew what was going to happen clear back when man fell the first time. He understood that sin is in the, in the earth now and he understood there was going to be a cross someday. There was going to be that moment where he was going to he was going to stand in the middle for us. He was going to pay the price for us. It was coming. Let me share some good news with you this morning. The good news is this. Jesus died for our sins. Jesus was buried in a tomb, but he rose again. He's not hanging on a cross somewhere. You're not going to go find him somewhere. Uh, I know they took nails and they put nails in his hands. Uh, they put spikes in his hands. Uh, and you know what? Uh, we're not going to go to some grave somewhere and remove grave clothes and find some, some body laying there that has decayed. Uh, and you're not going to find no, no nails laying around over there that's, that was still, you know, uh, would be in his hands because uh, his hands today uh, are not just laying in a tomb, but he is alive and well. Uh, and with those same hands, uh, he can come down and touch you uh, and he can transform transform your life today uh, with those same hands. Uh, he can heal your body and heal your mind. Uh, he can remove depression uh, with those same hands. Uh, God can do something great because he is not in a tomb, uh, but he is alive and he is well today. Uh, and he wants you to experience uh, the salvation he has for you. It's the good news. He rose. Somebody shout, he rose. I go back to this song again that we just did. If, if Jesus walked out of the grave of death, then everyone in this place today, you can walk out of the grave of sin. You can walk out of the grave of sickness today. You can walk out of the grave of addiction or immorality or fornication or whatever sin that, that has, might, might have you weighed down today. I want you to understand uh, that it doesn't apply just to some, but it applies to all. You can walk out of your grave today. You see, God has called you out of darkness, out of the grave of sin, and into his marvelous light. He died because of sin, that we may have the opportunity to die out to our sin. Satan unlocked the door to death in the garden through deception. But the Bible tells me that while Jesus was on the cross, many people were watching. Lucifer was there watching. This Jesus who had cast him out of heaven, the same Jesus who had cast him into outer darkness was hanging nailed to a cross. And Satan watched and he watched and he watched. And after six agonizing hours, Jesus cried out, It is finished. And his body sunk in death. You talk about rejoicing. Lucifer had to have been ecstatic. To think what I started way back in a garden. He tried to come and undo the mess that I caused. And nothing happened except for he died. He thought that he had killed Jesus. He was shouting and saying, we've won. Could you imagine the celebration hell was having? This is it. 
So they buried him on a Friday and in the midst of the three days in the grave, we understand and we typically hear that, you know, Saturday was just a silent day. And on the earth and in this realm it was, but in the spiritual realm, Jesus pays a visit to hell on Saturday. And I could see him knocking on the door of hell and saying, I need to have a quick talk with Satan. I need to chat with him real quick. There's something that he has of mine uh, that I need to, I need to uh, revoke from him. There is something that he thinks belongs to him, but he has simply just held on for a short period of time, but I'm here to take back what belongs to me. So he goes, and I can see this now, that he comes in and says, listen, I need you to hand over the keys to death, hell, and the grave. I need you to give me back what belongs to me. I paid for it. Understand this, that death was born in a garden, but it was killed in a grave. What was born in a garden was taken to a cross, and it was killed in a grave. So today, you don't have to live in that grave anymore. You see, I'm here to tell somebody today that when he got up, everything changed for you and for me. That when the stone was rolled away, that the tomb was open, everything changed for us. Because if there was no open tomb, I want you to understand the importance of an open tomb today. This was important. But if there was no empty tomb, the cross is null and void. The cross itself has no power. That's why I don't want you to get hung up on the cross as a lot of us do during Easter time. Don't get hung up on the cross. You see, if I was hung up on the cross and death, then we would have come in here this morning and we would have played slow songs and we would have sang all the cross, all the blood of Jesus. And it would have been kind of just Friday night if you were here. It was powerful. But a completely different aspect of the service. Because we were focusing on the death that, that took place and we were talking about the sacrifice that, and, and that's good and all, but you got to understand something that, that this right here, this cross, the cross that he was nailed to had no power by itself. Even though his blood was flowing down that cross uh, and for us and for our sins, the cross by itself does nothing for you today. But it was the fact that on Sunday morning, when those women ran to the tomb and they were going to bring spices to him and to, to put spices on the body and to make sure that he was, he was, he was taken care of and he was well, well re, uh, preserved and all these great things. And when they got there and they realized it was empty, that's what, that's what exactly took place. The moment, I want you to understand, the moment that Jesus was resurrected, the cross got its power. 
You want to know why we get excited when we sing about it this morning, uh, that the tomb is empty? Uh, because I'm thankful for the cross, uh, and we celebrated that on Friday. Uh, but I can shout today uh, because the tomb is empty, uh, and he's alive and well. Uh, I'm thankful for the cross. Uh, oh, God, but I'm really thankful for an empty tomb. Uh, I'm really thankful for a God who's alive and well today, uh, who hears me when I cry, uh, who hears me when I pray, uh, who hears me when I sing, uh, who hears me when I shout. Uh, he he is here with us today. That same God got up out of the grave and he's with us today. As musicians come, I want you to understand this this morning. Uh, that if there's no open tomb, uh, then there's no open heaven. If there's no resurrected Jesus, uh, there's never going to be resurrected Christians. When that trumpet would sound, listen, there wouldn't be a need for a trumpet if the tomb was still full with his body. But I'm glad to tell you today that his victory over death when he got up became our victory over the death that sin has brought into us. He said, because I live, you shall live also. Okay, well, come on. Because I live, you too can live today. Because he's not in a tomb, you can get up out of your grave today. You don't have to be bound by sin. You don't have to live the life of depression and anxiety. You don't have to live a life with heaviness on you. You don't have to live that life that sin put on you because he got up out of the grave for you. He died, but he was risen again for you. He rose for you. For you. You got to get up out of that grave today. You got to get up out of that grave. Let's all stand. We got to get up out of that grave. You say, well, how? How do I do this, pastor? How do I do this? What does this mean for me today? I'm going to tell you what this means for you. This is what this means for you. You say, how can I experience that? How can I get that? How can I apply that to my life? Here's how. Acts 2, starting at verse 36 through 39. It says, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that the same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Verse 37, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. When they heard that someone had died for them, this was the Messiah. Jesus came and died for my sins. It bothered them that they had crucified him. And they said, okay, well, he's not here anymore to ask. So, so they said unto Peter, they said, Peter, and to the rest of the apostles, they said, please tell us, what shall we do? How do we fix this? How do we undo our wrong? How do we make it right with Jesus? See, that's what you got to understand. How do you get yourself right with him? Because that's what matters is to be right with him. I want to be right with him. And they said, what shall we do? And then in verse 38, Peter said unto them, he said, you need to repent. We just talked about what this is, repentance. You need to repent of the things that you have done wrong. And you need to walk away from those things and begin to live a different life that doesn't resemble that life. He said, repent, and then, he said, be baptized, every one of you. He said, every one of you. He didn't say, 
this section over here, this group, you be baptized. The rest of you, you don't have to worry about it. No. Peter said, be baptized, every single one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission or the removal of your sins. And then it goes on and says, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You see, when Jesus left, he didn't say, you're on your own now. But he said, I will send the comforter. He said, my spirit will come and dwell inside of you. No longer do you have to just follow me around on the earth. He said, but I'm going to ascend in the heavens. He said, oh, but listen, if you listen to the good news and the gospel, and when you respond to the gospel, and you repent, and you're baptized in my name, and I wash all your sins away, and I clean out what was there, he said, then you're making room for the gift of the Holy Ghost, my spirit to come live inside of you. You will live a new life. You will be a new creation. That's when you become a new man. You say, well, pastor, that was for them. That, that was for them. Peter was talking to that, that, that generation. He wasn't talking to us. No, because listen, verse 39, I love so much. Because verse 39 says this, for the promise that I'm talking about right now, and Peter was talking about. He said, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. What was he saying? The next town over? No, he wasn't talking about the next town over. He was talking about until the trumpet sounds. He was talking about until I come back for my church. Anyone who hears my message, anyone who hears this gospel and responds unto me, I will wash them clean of their sins. I will fill them with the Holy Ghost and they will be a new person. I will make them a new person today. They can walk out of their grave because I walked out of mine. That's what Jesus is saying today. Hear me. He is saying that you can walk out of your grave today because he did not stay in his. We need to do the opposite of what they did in the garden today. It was disobedience that birthed sin. But today, if we obey the gospel by repentance, death to our sin, and water baptism in the name of Jesus, for the remission of our sins, the burial placed him in the tomb. We put our sins to death today in the water. When you go down in the water in Jesus' name, it's like you're taking your sins and you're putting them to death. The old person you used to be doesn't come up out of that water. And then after that, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the initial sign of speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance uh, is the resurrection. You see, but only Jesus can be resurrected. He's saying today, listen, if you haven't experienced the gospel message, if you haven't experienced this for yourself uh, and you're still living in sin, he said, you can repent uh, and start walking towards me. Uh, you can be baptized in my name uh, and you can, be, you can bury the old man uh, that you don't want to live like anymore. He said, but then it's not, you're not done there. I'm not going to leave you in a tomb if I didn't stay in one. 
He said, but when you come out, he said, I can fill you with my spirit. Uh, and you can have a personal resurrection. Uh, and you can become that new person uh, stepping into new life. Uh, come on, somebody today uh, needs to step out into that. Uh, somebody today uh, needs to step out and say, I want it for myself. Uh, I want it for my family. Uh, I want this, Pastor. Uh, I want this. I want to experience this today. Uh, I wonder if there's anybody in here today uh, that will say, I want to experience this for myself. Uh, I want to experience this for my family. I wonder if there's anybody in this place that says, I want to walk out of the grave I've been living in. I don't like this life I'm living. There's too much pressure on me. I wonder if there's somebody today that would say, I want to come to the front and just lift my hands and talk to him for a moment. Come on, let's lift our hands all over this place. All over this place. If you're here and it's been a while and you want to be renewed in this, I challenge you to step out. Come on. Let's all step out and come to the front. Look at your neighbor. Say, come on, let's go together. Let's go together. Let's go experience this together. Come on, let's experience this together. Come on, I wonder if we could all, in this place, just say, I want to take a moment God, I want to start it off right, Lord. God, and I want to pray a prayer of repentance. We did this on Friday night before we took communion. But I think it would be good right here in this moment if we would lift our hands all over this place. Everyone, myself included, everybody in this place. And we're going to pray this prayer of repentance. God, forgive me, Lord, if I've done wrong. God, I want to go a different direction in life, Lord. I want to walk towards you, Lord. God, I pray that you would forgive me, Jesus. God, if I've been disobedient, Lord, I pray that my disobedience, God, that brought sin into my life, today, God, could be removed and reversed, God, by being obedient to your word. Come on, somebody today. God, forgive me, Lord. God, let me make it right, Lord. God, I pray today, Jesus, God, that I can take, Lord, the price that you paid for me, Lord. God, that you paid, God. God, the price, Lord. God, that is free to me today, Lord. For salvation, I pray today, God. God, that I can experience that today for myself. God, today in this place. Come on, lift your hands all over this place. Lift your hands all over this place. Begin to talk to him right now. God, I want this for myself, Lord. God, I want this for myself today. I want this for my family. Come on, get up out of your grave today. Get up out of your grave today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, in your mighty name. I want to do this real quick. If you're here, they're getting ready to sing. We're going to sing and we're going to, you're going to dance and we're going to have fun. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be, we're going to talk about getting out of that grave again. If you're here, I want you to look at your neighbor real quick. I want you to ask your neighbor this. Say, neighbor, have you ever been baptized in Jesus' name? And if they tell you no, I want you to ask them this. Would you like? to be baptized today in Jesus' name? Would you like to have your sins washed away? Would you like to experience this message today? And if your neighbor looks at you and says yes, when they're singing, here's what I want you to do. I want you to come up front. I want you to bring them up here. And we're going to get them ready. And I want somebody today 
to take advantage of what this what I just preached. Listen, you can take this message, you can hear it all day long, but until you apply it to your life, it does you no good. Today you have an opportunity to grab a hold of this message and say, I want this for myself. Today I understand he's not dead, he's alive. I want to serve a living God. I want to serve a living God. Make a choice to step out of your grave today. You don't have to live there anymore. You don't have to be there anymore. You can step out of your grave today. Come on, let's sing about it. Come on, if you're here, you want to get baptized, you want to experience it, come to the front. Somebody come to the front. Come on, we'll baptize you in his name today. Hallelujah, come on, get up. Come on, let's sing it. Let's sing it today. Let's worship. Lift your hands up. Let's worship. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yeah. 